Hey, Vanessa. Hey, Michael. So I get it. By the time this show airs, when everyone listens, when it's on the radio, the vice presidential debates will have already occurred. They'll be over with. Right. But do you know something that's just going to crawl up my... I got to keep it clean. We'll say non-front side. No. No, you don't want to know? Or no, you don't know what it is? Both? No, you don't get to answer both. (laughs) I'm going to tell you anyway. It's both sides at some point will make a reference to how long they've been a public servant. Right. I'm sorry. You're a politician, not a public servant. I know I've gone on this rant before, but it's true. If you're in the military, public servant. If you're a judge, public servant. Not necessarily. What? Oh, I'll give a judge public servant all day. Okay. You want to be nominated for the Supreme Court? Public servant. They make a lot of money, though. I don't care. You want to be a politician? Not public servant. You don't do anything, and you get paid a lot of money. You work less than a ship shopper on Christmas. Welcome to Fireproof Your Finances, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duel with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation, I mean, I would talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. We are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa. Hello, everyone. And it is quite clear by listening who the better of the two of us is. Me. It is you. (laughs) I was being sarcastic. Before you came on the show, it was one station. And after you came on, we're on like, seven or eight couple days a week so if you take anything from that clearly i'm the catalyst right so i've got really bad news for you that i waited for this moment to share with you what i got another dog what no i'm kidding Divorce papers are being written the, as we the, speak. The Queen Mary cruise ship in Long Beach, California. Not accepting reservations. Shut down since May. Well, California is still shut down. So does that surprise you? Actually, I'm surprised I didn't think about that myself. I didn't think about it. And I, I did actually for a moment. When everything first got shut down, I don't think I shared it with you. But I looked to see what how much rooms were. Because if they're really cheap, I thought we could take the kids. Right. Uh, California is in worse shape than Michigan is right now with this whole lockdown, don't move shenanigans. Aren't they being asked now to put a mask on in between bites? I don't know. I don't know what it's gotten to. 
I don't think that's that bad. No, no, no. Actually, I that was more like a rhetorical question. Their governor asked them today to put a mask on in between bites. What? Yeah, imagine, let me give you restaurants that are going to be hurt most by this. Buffalo Wild Wings. You <laughs> Do you, Can you imagine what your mask looks like after going to Buffalo Wild Wings and trying to put this thing on after every single bite? It's going to be covered in buffalo sauce. Right. What else? Come on, you got to come up with one restaurant that would be horrible. Chinese restaurant. Three things of rice and I got to put my mask on. Yes. Sushi awful which there's a sushi place in grand haven i didn't realize they had like a filet and young sushi roll mm-hmm. looks super good i might have to go get it they've been there for forever and i'm like meh i'll just order from whatever but mm-hmm. it looks fantastic sidebar sushi so sushi filet means they cook it the way i do actually yes it looks <laughs> really, it's shrimp tempura in the roll with filet mignon on top of the roll I meant like it's raw. It kind of looked that way. So yes, hmm. the way you cook it. But anyway, horrible. How how are you supposed to enjoy a meal out if you're constantly up, down, up, down, up, down? I don't know. How about any place where you uh, eat the peanuts? Like they have them on the table and you got to crack them? So every bar in America? Or like the, the steakhouse place? Texas Roadhouse. So you'd be like crack, 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 eat. And then put your mask back on. Crack, crack, crack. That sounds horrible. A rib joint? Chilies. Oh, that'd be bad. <laughs> Baby back ribs. What about uh, Outback? The onion? The blooming? Yeah. I don't know why I said it that way. It doesn't matter. Regardless, having to take your mask down to take a bite and then put it back up got is it. not going to end I got well. the worst experience that you could possibly have by far. What? Crab week at Red Lobster. <laughs> dripping with butter and it's going to get covered because that stuff splatters everywhere. everywhere. It's like a murder scene in the books you read. Touche. Anyway, you want to get to the show? Yes. So, we're going to talk today about dividend stocks. Dividend portfolios is now a good time. Um, why or why not? Okay. As well as talking about a tried and true method called dollar cost averaging. Okay. And how often does the market go down and how long does it take to come back? So kind of a, a number of things. But let's start with dividend stocks. So I, I pulled up this video, how to build a large dividend portfolio in 2020. Um, and it will provide zero benefit, I promise. Um, but you'll see why I stopped listening a minute in. Imagine me this. You're sitting on a beach on an island off Thailand. You're drinking an ice cold beverage. Okay, now I feel mean. I now realized he said Thailand. I was going to make fun of his accent. An island off Thailand? Isn't that called Japan? No, Thailand is its own island. Okay, no. Thailand isn't an island. They have it's like, a, a peninsula? A, yeah, that thing. You are tired. Yeah, and the best thing about this is you're getting paid to do this. Why? Because you made the decision two years ago to start investing in dividend stocks. Okay, that that's literally where I could go no further. That they're marketing dividend stocks as a way to sit on a beach in Thailand and drink cold beverages? That 
and will see my immaturity level and his accent. Right. Now, you know, here's what's weird. And I promise you, we're about to a break, so there's no point in diving in, into anything deep at this point. If that dude was British... What do you think he is? Not British. Australian? I, I think he's like half schnauzer in Australian. Oh, yes. It's not a purebred. I mean, I'm not a purebred. That's cool. I'm, I'm cool with it. And I'm sure people listen to me going, would this guy just be quiet? Like, there's just certain people you hear and you're like, nah, man, you don't know what you're talking about. Nails on a chalkboard? Yeah, right. Not that anybody has any of those anymore. But for some reason, if I hear a British guy or a British gal, do they not always sound like they know what they're talking about? Yes. Like, I immediately, like, like oh, so you're royalty, huh? What's going on? <laughs> Okay, well, I wouldn't go that far, but they always sound very intelligent. Now, how about this? Think Alabama accent. No. Dude could be a PhD. Gal could be a PhD. I'm sorry, I should say woman, but I use dude, which is pretty informal. They could have a PhD and you're like, uh, yeah, no, 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 I'm, I'm good. Your accent makes you sound dumber than a box of rocks. <laughs> I don't want to buy whatever you're selling. Right. It, it It is interesting how we have a preconceived connotation of level of intelligence or worth or viability. Based on your accent. Well, it's not only accent. It really, I mean, in this case, we're using that as an example. But quite frankly, I guess this is a perfect example of first impression and how quickly it's made. Right. So if this is the first time you're listening to us, I apologize. Actually, No. You're still listening. So we made a good impression. All right, let's take our first break. And when we come back, we'll actually get into finance. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality. And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time. Think again. GRMusicLessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to grmusiclessons.com. That's grmusiclessons.com. Welcome, everyone, to segment two of Fireproof Your Finances. I'll just apologize right now. We're in the process of moving offices, and I think I've been lifting heavy furniture for like a month straight, so probably only been two days. But I am tired. You know, if this had happened pre-COVID when you weren't as out of shape and lazy, you would have been fine. Wow. And that's Let's a sh- see how you fare on Friday. <laughs> uh, that you know what that wasn't that wasn't a negative comment to you. You almost dropped a filing cabinet down the stairs. I had cooked a bacon that morning. <laughs> <laughs> just going to say that. Well, I'm just going to point your attention to Thailand here on the map. It's not an island. It's connected to Malaysia. It's between Cambodia and Myanmar, and I am tired. Now, to be fair, though, island by Thailand, I would have been closer to, say, Philippines or Taiwan than Japan. Or those little tiny islands off to the left on that map, and I don't know what those are. Those might actually be the Maldives. Uh, you, You can't go west when you're talking about a map. I didn't say west. I said left. Yeah, but that's west. Okay. So you just, you only ever look east. On to finance. (laughs) All right. So let's, here's the deal with dividend paying stocks. Let me tell you why. I'm going to abbreviate it. I'm going to simplify. 
Here's why dividend-paying stocks, a portfolio of that, has been a staple for many, many years. No, so what you heard in that little video quickly was about how it generates income. But when we have an investment, it can grow two ways. I want you to think of real estate. This is easier, I think, for people because um, uh, most people will either live in real estate or own real estate at some point. Right. Okay? Um, and if you're living in a box... I don't understand how you're getting this show. So I'm pretty safe to say real estate is applicable to everyone listening. Some people have a downfall that they can't control. Don't mock people living in a box. How are they listening to the show in the box? Some of them have a radio they carry around. And they're listening to us in the box carrying it around. Probably not. That would not be their first choice. <laughs> in a van <laughs> down by the And I applaud you. That would not be my first choice either if I was living in a box. Down by the river. Right. So, um, think of dividends and growth, how an investment can gain value with real estate. So, if I buy a rental property, it can do two things. If I buy it at $100,000 for an arbitrary amount, and I get rents of, say, $20,000 a year, but I've got costs of 15000 between uh, repairs and taxes and maybe mortgage interest, as an example. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to net $5,000. Okay. That would be the same as buying a stock and giving getting a dividend. It's income. Right. Now, in addition to the income that that rental property generated, I also hope that if I buy it for $100,000 and in five years or 10 years I sell it, not only do I hope that I made a net income every year, right? Uh, right. Income in excess of expenses. Right. I also hope what, though? That you had some sort of equity within the property, so you make a little bit of money there. And we hope that it's worth more at the end. I think that's what you meant by equity in right. five years or 10 years than what I, per- what we purchased right. it for. Because theoretically, you put a little bit of money into it to fix things up. Yeah, but we factored, in my example, I was oversimplifying. I'm factoring that into the annual income. Okay. Now, let's go to baseball cards. When I was growing up, baseball cards were still cool. I don't think they are so much anymore. Now I think it's just Pokemon, and I don't understand why. (laughs) Your kids will educate you, let me tell you that. I'm not asking them that question, because there will go three hours of my life. Right. But baseball cards, okay? How Can I ever get rental income from a baseball card? No. It's interesting because I didn't think of this as a child, but I really should have rented out. I should have leased out my cards. Why? Because I had a lot of kids that wanted my cards. Instead of trading them, I could have been like, dude, I'll let you borrow this buck a week. Anyway, I'm messing up my analogy. No 10-year-old thinks like that. Oh, I did. (laughs) Not at that time, not in that example, but I should have. Anyhow. Take that away, okay? And let's just say, if I buy baseball cards, how do I make money with baseball cards other than counting my friends into leasing them and borrowing them, right? You sell them if they're premium cards. Yeah. I buy it at X, Mm -hmm. and hopefully I buy it at a good price. Hopefully the player that I chose becomes even better than what they were originally. Hopefully it was an original Michael Jordan card. Yeah. Rookie year. Hopefully you avoided LeBron James cards for every reason under the sun. (laughs) Okay, Lori. I don't... Whatever. <laughs> I can't say I don't like the guy. I don't know the guy. I don't like... Whatever. I'm not going You there. and my mom should hang out sometimes. We do hang I out. I know. Both when of you're, two peas in a pod. When you're yelling at your dad, her and I have conversations. Okay. She can't fault me for yelling at my dad because she yells at my dad Hey, all the time. you want to stay on topic here? <laughs> all right. So the baseball... 
So cards, how do I make money with cards? Just appreciation. Right. So dividend paying stock is like the real estate. A gross stock is like the baseball card. A gross stock, I don't make any income from it. There's no dividends. I just hope that it appreciates in value. Right. The dividend paying stock is the fact that I'm getting dividends and hopefully it's appreciating value. It's just like real estate. Mm -hmm. So here's why for years, decades, this has been considered a safer, more uh, conservative investing strategy. Let's imagine that we have a stock. It's trading at $100 a share. Okay. And it pays a $4 dividend. So I, I got one one share of stock. I gave them 100 bucks. I get $4 every year. We'll make it simple. Okay. Now we hit bad times and the value of that stock, let's say, goes down to 50 bucks. Okay. What will that company do? Like, what's our first blush? Like, first, you and I have already talked about this. So, but ignore, because you already know how, uh, what companies try to do. If at $100, it was paying a $4 share, knowing nothing, if you knew nothing about finance, if that share, if the value of the stock goes down to $50, what would you think would happen to the dividend? It would go down. It'd go down in half, right? If the right. value of the stock went in half, why wouldn't the dividend $2 go $2 a share. Yeah, that makes sense. Until you think of um, supply and demand. And I want you to think of stock as a finite supply or a, a, a not necessarily finite but a supply um and the supply then is dictated okay based on how many people want to to you know how many people are selling their shares right so if demand doesn't increase for something and you know obviously as the value is going down demand is decreasing right right and fewer people sell so eventually we go back into equal equilibrium that's why the price stabilizes Okay. We got enough sellers to meet the the buyers, right? Supply now equals demand. Isn't it logical to say though, if at a hundred dollars the stock paid a four dollar dividend, that when it goes to fifty dollars, and the board $2. and the board will hold on, and the board hasn't lowered the dividend yet? In this example, there are some people going, "Well, I'm not going to sell because I'm still getting a four dollar dividend." Right. I'm still well, getting pretty good income. Right. From you this. haven't gotten hit because in, it went down. In fact. Not only was I, I, I was getting a 4% dividend, but now that I'm getting $4 on 50, because I'm getting the same dollar amount, I'm actually getting an $8 dividend. Mm -hmm. Or I'm sorry, an 8% 8 dividend. I remember a guy that I met uh, well over a decade ago, and that was his reasoning for holding on to some stock. He said, where else? And the stock at that point was giving like a 20% dividend. He goes, well, where else would I get a 20% dividend? Where can I make 20% of my money? <laughs> Nowhere. Now, why was it paying a 20% dividend? Because the value had plummeted. Right. And I think eventually that company went under. But nonetheless, understand this point. The value goes down. The dividend, the percent, the, the dollar amount stays the same, but the percentage goes up. Some people will hold on to that stock. Makes sense? Yeah. it's good income. What happens though? Think of that guy that just said, "Well, it's a twenty percent dividend, Mike. What would happen? What if that company had lowered the dividend rate down to say five percent, what it started out as? He was keeping it for one reason: it's paying a twenty percent dividend. He would be very upset if it dropped to five percent. And he'd do what? Probably sell. He'd sell. A lot of people will sell. Then what happens to the price of the stock? It's going to go down again. Right. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's a spiral effect. If the board lowers the dividend every time the the value of the stock um, you know meaningfully declines, then it will continue to decline. Right. So typically the board will 
not, they'll try not to, they'll do their best effort to not have that happen. And in history shows us that typically they'll maintain the dividends. Right. COVID changed it. And I'm not going to give you one of these, it's the new normal. I'm so tired of hearing it's the new normal. It's not the new normal though, because I deal with people on a day-to-day basis and I get people who do their mask, no mask, mask, no mask. It's 50-50 at this point. Are they eating buffalo wings? Probably. (laughs) But it's not, COVID did change something on this, or potentially. We don't know because it hasn't happened again yet. Right. Because we haven't had a downturn. Let's take our last break, and then I'm going to explain with dividends what changed and why this strategy is not a good strategy right now. Let's take a break. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality. And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time. Think again, grmusiclessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to grmusiclessons.com. That's grmusiclessons.com. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality. And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time. Think again. GRMusicLessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to GRMusicLessons.com. That's GRMusicLessons.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the final segment of Fireproof Your Finances. I don't have enough time to say how thankful I am that you joined the show and listened to us and how fast it goes. I don't have enough time for that. So instead, oh, really? <laughs> I'm just going to move on. What, what is the rush? What, we're running out of time. we got three segments. Okay. It's a finite amount of time. Okay. But we're talking about dividend stocks today. And in history has showed us that dividend stocks tend to not be as volatile as a whole, as an aggregate, as the overall market, because A, um, they're, they're providing that, that income. So it's mm-hmm. kind of cool. You can think of like a rental property, like I said, you're getting this income. So even when the market goes down, I'm still getting an income. Right. And if you don't have to live on the beach like that one video showed, if you could instead reinvest that income, you can reinvest that income when things are down. Although, during COVID, if you own rental properties, you're in trouble. Okay, don't extrapolate my example. <laughs> Just going to throw that but out there. But here's what, and, and why has that always kind of been a safe haven? Because if the value of the stock's at 100 bucks and they give you a $4 dividend, when it goes to $50, they want to maintain that dividend because if they lower it to two, which rationally makes sense, but when they do that, you have to understand there's some people holding onto that stock at 50 bucks just because of the good dividend. Right. The moment they kill the dividend, the value declines or should decline again. And then what do they do? They'd have to de- they'd have to decrease the dividend again. And then the value would go down and decrease and down and decrease and down and it's just a vicious cycle. Right. So instead, they try to maintain the dividend. Right. But I'm telling you right now that I think buying into dividend paying stocks as a whole could be as poor this year as betting on this. This is. Those guys. 
dividend stocks will be as bad as them. Does anybody know who them is? Oh, I'll bet you a lot of listeners right now. You barely played the song. You just you want more of the song. I've got hives. I don't want more of the song. Exactly. Ohio State. Yes. They'll be as bad as. They'll probably be good. Those very nice people south of us. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, um, so I, I here's the reason COVID changed dividend paying stocks. Mm -hmm. Dividend stocks. From what I saw, and, and a large basis, they got hammered during COVID. Well, I'm sure they did. They got hammered worse. The, a lot of ones I saw were hammered worse than the overall market, which is not typical based on what we just said. Typically, they're going to be safer, less volatile. Right. Now, a lot of those companies still did a good job and still paid their dividend. Okay. But the market priced them as though they would get rid of that dividend. Oh. So think about this. Let's simplify it. Let's walk this backwards. Why does the, like, let's go back to basic economics and, and don't turn the dial. I'm, I mean, like, basic, not boring, kind of boring, but not too boring economics. I never liked my economic class, but go ahead. It's basically the premise is everyone is looking out for themselves first. And once they take care of themselves, then they'll look for other people. Okay. Fair? Fair. So why does the board try to maintain the dividend? Because they don't want the price of the stock to go down again. Okay. And they don't want to just get hammered just because they keep lowering the dividend. Right. So if that's their motivation for not lowering the dividend, then when the market beats them up as though they're going to get rid of the dividend anyway, because you got to remember, we closed down 80% of the economy. Right. The market assumed, why would you pay a dividend? Now, a lot of these companies still did because historically they should. Historically, that was a good move. But it didn't help their cause. It didn't really help their stock price. Okay. And so when we know a lot of that board, a lot of the CEOs, upper management are compensated largely due to what? Stock performance. Because stock price should be a reflection of what? Thousands of people out there, right? Thousands, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people saying, here's the aggr- here's the combined average of what we think this company isn't worth today, but what it should be worth in two, three, four, five, six months. Right. Right? It's a collective agreement almost. Mm-hmm. And when the market... And, and so when we knew everything was going to sh- get shut down, the market assumed these companies wouldn't pay that dividend. Correct. They still did, but they priced them as though they wouldn't. So if we get shut down again, and I'm not saying we will. Please no. I'm not saying we will, but think about it. In about a month, we have we're, it's going to be one or two people, right? Yeah, in and a the, month. But hold on, no, no, no. Under a Trump, make it simple, nonpartisan. If President Trump could open everything he wants to open up, or uh, everything in the economy, would he have it opened up? Yeah. Yet he can't, deal. right? No. So if a President Biden wanted to shut everything down. Because his science, and he's openly said, if the science and math and all that, my epidemiologists say we should, I will. But if he wants to shut everything down, can he? Yes. Really? You think everywhere in northern Michigan's going to listen? I think there's revolts no matter what happens. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter. November 3, somebody's going to be upset. But where I'm going with that is, there's a likely, I, I think there's a, a big chance, maybe not of shutdowns like we saw but shutdowns ahead of us again. Look at our Governor Whitmer, right? 
the Michigan Supreme Court ruled that unconstitutional in the 1945 law didn't even have to do with those signatures that were going on. Mm -hmm. But yet a lot the mask mandate has now been, uh, you know, displaced to the Department of Health and Public Safety or whatever. DHHS or something like that. Things find human health and services. Things find a way. And my point to that, though, is if we have another downturn, not downturn, I'm sorry, shutdown. And during the last shutdown, dividend paying stocks were punished as though they got rid of their dividend, yet they didn't. Then I'll ask you a very simple question. Why would those companies go through the financial pain of maintaining their dividend if there's no financial benefit to them? They won't. I wouldn't think they would. So the entire purpose and reason and theory behind why they typically maintain the dividend is to stabilize their stock price. But in this last go-around, that didn't happen. So if we have a next go-around, why would it happen? Why wouldn't it go that way? Why, if they know they're going to be punished as though, if you know you're going to be treated as though you ate the cookie, why not eat the cookie? Might as well. Anyhow, from a vast majority, an aggregate basis though, I think you need to be careful on dividend-paying portfolios, dividend-paying mutual funds, dividend-oriented uh, exchange-traded funds. It, long-term, these are good strategies. Short-term, right now, maybe the next one to three years, out of void. That's all the time we have for today. Until next week, we are your hosts. This has been another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Finances with Michael and Vanessa Markey. Want to listen to past shows or get in touch with Michael or Vanessa? Head over to twitter.com slash fireproofshow or go to fireproofradio.net. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.